Hello, Podicumans. Brett Maddox here. Today we dive right back into the Faith Once Delivered document that was produced out of the John Wesley Institute. You can check out our show notes for links to the John Wesley Institute and to this document, which is available for free download. Remember that you can connect with us on social media at Podicesis, or you can email us questions at podicesis.com, or you can contact us through our voicemail, 404-635-6679. And please do contact us. We, we really love being able, being able to interact with um, the people who listen to this show. So please contact us and let us know that you listen and let us know if you have any questions or comments. Now, let's start this episode of the Podakesis podcast, and we're going to start our discussion on the image created and the image marred. We hope you enjoy. Hello, Podakumans, and welcome to the Podakesis podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your long-distance friends who never call, Alan Kaysen and Jim Morrow. How you guys doing? Uh, I just had bad self-service. That's it. I'm sorry. <laughs> didn't I call you yesterday? You didn't call me. Oh, sorry. Must have made a mistake. <laughs> Welcome to the Podakesis podcast. <laughs> I am literally drinking the same cup of coffee as the last episode if you're on YouTube. Well, you that's why wonder. I got a big gulp, so I needed it the last gotta, two weeks. You got to wonder. You got to wonder, am I nasty and don't do dishes? Do I drink old coffee? Or is something else going on? Ooh, something uh, else. Oh, and I'm drinking. Yeah, our intro uh, material's flat today. It is. I'm drinking sparkly nice. They're not a. They're not a uh, sponsor. This is just a really good drink. Oh, okay. oh there you go. Okay. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. The affordable range. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I like are... it. All right. Here's what I want to do. Here's what I want to do. What is your favorite beverage? Oh. Uh, what is Diet your favorite Coke. Diet Coke? It's the one that I'm uh, giving up for Lent. Oh, you're because, doing that again? Oh, I have to. Oh, I'm gonna have so much fun with you. Which I know. Yeah, I'm gonna have major headaches. Which I should probably start before Lent. So you probably should prep yourself. Yeah, Just not ju- Coke Zero. <sighs> no Diet Coke. You Diet know that's Coke. the thing. People who love Diet Coke hate Coke Zero. I love Coke Zero. Well, no, because yeah, no. Uh-uh. All right, Brett. Yes. What? Favorite am, what? Favorite? Oh, my favorite be- beverage. Um. Hmm. Oh, that's a, I, you know, I, easy. Sweet tea. Just good old-fashioned southern sweet tea. Oh, that's tea. really good. Sweet tea's really good. No, yeah, no, so not good I for you, not, but it's good. No, but I that's my favorite beverage. I my calories, but my right. father-in-law's been coming over to the house lately, and he always brings a gallon of Milo's tea. Oh, oh that's so good tea. Which, which, which I like to face. pretend is Russian, and I always say, get me some Milos. Milos. <laughs> uh, but um, he li- and he doesn't finish the whole thing, and I'm like, dude, that looks so good. And I poured it myself a tall yeah. glass. Yeah, um, yes. that was a magic moment. Two hundred <laughs> calorie magic moment. Yeah. Oh, at least. Yeah, that was fantastic. For you know, for uh, for store bought tea, Milo's is the best. I think it, it is, is. It's so yeah. good. So but beyond good. beyond that, I drink coffee every every day. I do too, three or four cups yeah, a no, day. That's just my Diet Coke. Diet Coke. Gotta have yeah. your bubbles. Gotta have and, bubbles. Uh, and there's nothing like my favorite food is barbecue. I love barbecue. Well, and we're getting into the whole, the whole I, spectrum here. I can't really drink should. anything. <laughs> I can't drink anything but sweet tea with barbecue. Ooh, like there's, it like, is required. It is required. Yeah. It is required. Yeah. I mean, that's a 3,000 calorie day for me. Here's what I like there. I like a Q tater. Uh, big old uh, potato with barbecue on it and barbecue sauce and cheese and, cheese. and uh, butter and maybe some bacon and maybe some brisket. 
All right, yeah. everybody, gonna, and maybe some brisket, and maybe yeah. and maybe some chicken, and maybe, <laughs> and maybe, maybe some whatever cheese. else I could throw on top of it. Maybe some sour cream. <laughs> All right, everybody, there might be a potato in there. <laughs> so after after y'all meet us at the Spirit and Truth Conference on March uh, 9th or 11th, yeah. uh, we're going to take a trip over to Metter to this great restaurant. I don't know, am I like Papa Bucks, right? Yeah, Papa yeah, Bucks. And so yeah. you can oh, get a cute Papa tater, Bucks. and I'll get my what is it, loaded Scooby buffalo snacks. chicken fries. Oh, okay, yeah, Scooby yeah. snack. Yeah. Oh, and that uh, and their uh, their brisket. Yeah, well, yeah, you get brisket and you get Scooby Snack, which is basically instead of the potato, it's, it's fries. fries. It's a bed of fries, uh-huh. and you can put on what on top of uh, whatever you want. Uh, yeah, so it's pretty. It's, and the brisket is is the most tender brisket you'll ever have. In it's your so life. good. And here yeah. in Dublin, we have a place called Holy Smokes, and they have the sandwich that's pork and brisket on the oh sandwich, oh and it's like this bit. It's is is that is that meet Levitical requirements? Um, yes, it does. Just okay. barely. Well, just barely. Well, just barely. Uh, you know what? As we talk about creation, I mean, I, I'm thankful that God has created all these things. Amen. And they're, and, and they're very good. Glory. And they're very good. Yeah. Amen. He gave us Amen. all the animals of the field, baby. That's right. And also, and also Lipitor and other stuff that helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So once so, again, we're in the second section of The Faith Once Delivered. We are talking about the creation and the image marred, the image yes. given, the image marred. And so what this does is it really ties together the fullness of Christian theology, who God is, into who we are as people. Uh, so we talked about creation kind of at a broader scale in our last episode. Mm-hmm. And you can find more talk of uh, discussion of creation in our first season if you want to go back and find a couple episodes there. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a great discussion. So today we're continuing um, and really kind of moving into human beings, um, mm-hmm. creation, and then what we did next. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so we're going to—it's uh, God's relationship with creation. And so mm-hmm. uh, paragraph 60 begins this section. It says, God is in a dynamic and life-giving relationship with his creation. The entire created order is dependent upon him for life. Nothing exists without the hands of the potter holding it together. Out of nothing, God made all things in a single divine act— to acknowledge God as God is to know that the Father sustains all things by His Word and continuously breathes life into all things by His Spirit. Mm. And now that paragraph had a lot of uh, uh, scriptural references, so yeah. if you have the T-Fod, I invite you to to pull it out. And, it's like the uh, whole Bible in there. Yeah, it was like a lot of <laughs> a lot of Bible. There's yes, a bunch. Yeah. But this idea, so uh, you know, back in I don't know, uh, 150 years ago, 200 years ago. There was a maybe even longer uh, the uh, popular understanding of God was that he was he created things and then he was hands off. He's this like the de- crockpot, set it and forget it. Yeah. yeah, set it forget it. This deistic model of of God. This the cr- classic Christianity says that is not the case. God is he's involved in his creation, and he can not only does he is he involved in creating. But he's involved in its being sustained and its ongoingness, if you want to call it that. So God's always involved. Um, I loved in my uh, basic Christian doctrine class uh, when I was in seminary, I loved what Dr. Coppedge said, um, that um, God is not supernatural, because supernatural still means God's within—is bound by nature somehow or some way. So, that, but that God is supranatural, that he's outside of creation, and then he breaks through and reveals himself. He breaks through and intervenes. He breaks through um, to uh, to sustain and to, to work and have relationship with. And so, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's just a beautiful, life-giving model of who God is, is that God is 
in he he's in relationship with his created order. Yeah, and you have multiple passages like in Christ all things hold together, or um, yeah. uh, you have uh, uh, basically he is our being our continued being is dependent on God. I can't remember the passage from Acts, mm-hmm. um, but so there there is a continue like we're tethered to God, and this moment that we're speaking right now is given and sustained by God. Yeah. The fact yeah. that we have being at all in this moment or that anything exists is because of God's continuing self-giving. He created, and yeah, God did set some things in motion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there are systems of this world that mm-hmm. that move the way that they do. Your blood circulates. Mm-hmm. Um, but all of the all of that is sustained by the continual connection of God who holds all things together in in whom we have our being and live and move. Well, and at the end, I like the continuing reminder of God as Trinity, um, mm-hmm. that to acknowledge God as God is to know that the Father sustains all things by his word, Christ, and continuously breathes life into all things by his spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, that God is Trinity and God as Trinity is continuing to work and create and sustain Mm-hmm. Um, and give us life, and it's mm. and it's it's all out of that uh, God's love for uh, His created order, yep. right? His goodness and His grace, um, absolutely. Right. So creation then is seen as a reflection of God's life and who God is, and we talked a little bit about that in our last episode, but we want to go a little bit deeper into that. So let's read that next paragraph. All right, uh, sixty-one. Creation unfolds in beauty and order through the Son and the Spirit. Again, there we go. Uh, reflecting on God's bringing order to creation, Wesley states the Creator could have made His work perfect at first, but by this gradual proceeding, He would show ordinarily the method of His providence and grace. God first created and then shaped creation so that it would reflect his life. You know what? This is honestly something I've never thought about. Right? It's pretty It's pretty interesting. I've never thought about why did God unfold and shape it instead of just, bam, John Wesley. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That well, guy. how's that speaking to how's that speaking to you then? If you've never, I mean, what's what's some initial thoughts on that for you, oh, Jim? Oh, look at you. You're like a therapist. I <laughs> love this. <laughs> Tell me more. Tell, Tell me how more. How does that make feeling, you feel, Jim? How does, how does that make you feel? What does that say to you about your childhood? <laughs> Do you need to reparent any wounds from young Jim? Um, it's really deep-seated. <laughs> yeah, there are lots of them, but we don't have time for it time now. now. <laughs> Wesley states that, so I, what he, is, he said, Wesley says, to show the ordinary method of his providence and grace, that this is how God chooses to move throughout the world, that he would work gradually and proceed to shape. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I have a—my very first reaction is just deeply personal one, which I think lots of people would have, which is like, thank God that God is continually and gradually shaping me, because mm-hmm. um, as a recovering perfectionist, it bothers me that I was not perfect to begin with. Mm. <laughs> mm. Um. All right, in now. all of the shades of meaning. Let's get, on get, get on that couch mm-hmm. by there, Jim. And yeah, we'll, yeah uh... I know. I have a couch behind me. I'm going to have to move this microphone. <laughs> um, that's pretty neat. Those are my first thoughts. Yeah. Um, so so what is this? Um, how does this? So I guess, mm, I don't know. I'm trying to think about this. Are you gradually uh, shaping your words? 
Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, by his gradual proceeding, he would show ordinarily the method of his providence of grace. So we talk about the process of sanctification, right? And right. or the, um, um, you know, we talk about his provenient, justifying, sanctifying, perfecting. You know, um, but 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 we, but I think we also believe in like instant. Yes, the instant sanctification that it can't happen all at once. It can, right? right. Um, I guess I'm just thinking out loud and trying to reconcile those things. I, I do think, um, for most of us, our personal experience is a is a process of growing in grace, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, which would which would be a ref, um, re- reflection of the way God created. Um, it, um, but I, there I, I are would... moments where God, bam. Uh, all Just like once. he says, let there be light. Yeah, right. Well, there so you go. That's good. Yeah. That's good. There yeah. we go. This is interesting. Well, this is yeah, interesting. So I've always thought of this kind of like the journey of faith for us, be it through provenient grace, be it through salvation, regeneration, yeah. sanctification, that there's this journey, right? It's like being on a road trip. Um, but even on a road trip, there's going to be those moment, those milestone, mile marker moments, right? Those, those uh, pullover and stop moments where uh, those are kind of an instantaneous momentary glimpses. Um, I mean, I'm, for example, I'm thinking, you, you bring in, I'm thinking of what's going on at Asbury uh, University right now at the time of this recording. At the time of this recording, yeah. Yeah. Um, with we'll, this, we'll follow up on that, by the way. Yeah. Yes. But what looks like to be a revival breaking out, there's, there was a, there's been journeys of sanctification moving into that, but now there's a moment, something right. happening mm-hmm. right now. That's breaking through. So you do have that. That's a both and uh, piece to this, to the journey itself. Even our salvation, right? Even our salvation. It can be a moment, the moment where at your confirmation uh, service, you say yes to Jesus because you've grown up in the church. But it could also be that moment if you were like an addict who's hit rock bottom, who's radically saved out of that life of addiction, that can be that moment as well. So, yeah. Well, also look bigger into the biblical narrative on this concept, too. God brings together and forms the people of Israel yeah. uh, out of the family of Abraham, forms it- them with the purpose that they often forget, and so do we, that they would be a light to the nations. Out of them is incarnate the Son of God, Jesus Christ, the salvation of the world. So you have that kind of gradual shaping um, and slightly uh, a kind of progression of his providence and grace to the world. Mm-hmm. So it's not the the grounding of creation even informs and is akin mm-hmm. to the way that God has molded salvation history. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a there's a um, a particular mass of chaos, unordered chaos that God speaks into informs. There's a particular mm. family uh, and people. Through which God brings salvation through to the entire world, uh, maybe I don't know. I'm riffing. This is actually kind of a newer. This is a new grace note to me. I haven't really thought about this. I'm grace kind of note. Excited. I like that. Yes. That's really grace good. Note. Grace note. Yeah. I like you like that? Note. You like yeah. that? That's the name, of, that's like the name of my newsletter. <laughs> Jim's grace notes. Um, so uh, one of the things you'll see in the creation account, the prologue in Genesis one, is the first three days. You'll notice that there's space being created. Um, and then four, five, and six, you'll see the infilling of that space. Way to get us to paragraph 62. There you go. Let's go. Okay. Let's go. Always. 
He's Alan ready is to the go. one who's actually read ahead well, <laughs> every week. All right, take it, Alan. Take <laughs> no, it. I just no because I was prepared. Like that, there's 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 significance there. So let's yes. let's hit that. So yeah. Gen- Genesis describes creation as moving from chaos to order by means of God filling the emptiness and ordering the disordered. All things come forth with time and through time as the Spirit enlarges and matures every living thing in accordance with its own design. Through God's artistry, creation grows and blossoms into the harmony and symmetry found in the holiness of God. Through love, God made creatures in goodness so that in radiating his glory, they might share his holiness and delight in his happiness. So there's a lot more than there than just what Brett was about God, to talk about. Yes. But the but the feeling, so there, yeah, Brett's right. There was this, there's 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 a creating the space mm-hmm. that God does, and then he goes back and he fills that space. Yeah. Um so we begin with there being a void, nothing, and creates, you know, um shapes the world. But in the process, there are these little other moments where there's 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 land he creates land he creates mm-hmm. he creates sea crazily and then he goes back and he fills it up mm-hmm. um and so um but then this paragraph gets into the fact that god continually does that right mm-hmm. um um so much so that all of creation begins to reflect his holiness um and his goodness um not just not just us as humans, but all of creation. So and, so. and delight in His happiness and that language there. Uh, what is it? Uh, Jesus says that, um, uh, or no, not Jesus, but John says in um, uh, in First uh, John in the Bible. What John says in his <laughs> in his first epistle, where he says, "We write these things that your your or our joy our may joy be." May be. Complete. complete. And he's given this witness, that which we have touched, which we have heard. He's talking about Jesus, that which we have touched, which we have heard, which we testify to you, which we give witness to. We write this, these things, so that our joy may be complete. Um, and then there, you got this right here that talks about delighting in God's happiness, right? That's what, that's what the whole deal of creation is, is we're delighting in God's happiness. Mm-hmm. That's that, kind of the basis of our, of our joy. It's not in the things we— I thought we, God was mean and angry. Well, silly, silly, silly thing. Yeah, no, I mean these no. are things to. I mean these yeah. these are things to remember. You don't often yeah. hear about God's happiness, happiness and taking right. and or even concepts like that. Um, I don't. Let me speak for myself. Um, and just beautiful to be reminded of that. I could. Mm-hmm. There are some passages of the faith once delivered that I could just chew on. Some yeah, of them right. Are, some of them are beautiful. There's mm-hmm. a lot of technical. There's biblical, there's good information. All things come forth with time and through time, beautiful, as the Spirit enlarges and matures Mm -hmm. every living thing, not just in any way, but in accordance with its own design. Mm -hmm. And so there's a the word teleological, meaning towards its given end. Mm -hmm. There is a way in which the Spirit of God matures things into the fullness of what it was designed to be. Mm-hmm. That's probably, a pretty beautiful thing. Probably, you know, the Scripture would talk about perfection or perfecting, yes. uh, which is also a way of talking about maturing. Yes, um, so it, it w- is. But it's that, that also, in accordance to its design, is pretty fascinating, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Um, that things, ha- things are created with a design and a purpose and an end, and that f- perfectly fulfilling that... Um, is is part of maturing. And so I mean I think about individual human beings. Not every, you know, 
human beings in the in and of themselves as a as a species, so to speak, there is an end, a purpose for humanity to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And then there are other other purposes, for example, uh, reproduction and living and stewarding and all of those things. Um, but each individual person, it has a has an uh, maybe our own telos, their own design. Um, and not everybody is going to do the same thing or be the same way. And this concept is beautiful in a comparative culture. Well, I'm not like this, or this is the image before me of what I'm supposed to be. Well, maybe, maybe all you're supposed to be is to be perfectly as God created you to be. And that's, that's like more than enough. You don't have to be a TikTok star or, uh, have a certain body after middle age or, um, whatever it is that maybe, maybe you living into the gifts of what God has given you and serving God in the way that only you can and being mm-hmm. content with that mm-hmm. is more beautiful than anything else. Yeah. I'm not talking about living your own truth. I'm talking about it was designed for you. Mm-hmm. But, but we, we, we aren't going to all be like, you don't have the same gifts I have and I don't have the same gifts you have. I don't have the same opportunities in, that you have and vice versa. Hey, everyone. We're going to return to the show in just a moment. We just wanted to take this second and tell you about some of our favorite people. As you know, the Podakesis podcast is a proud member of the Spirit and Truth Podcast Network. Spirit and Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for the mission. For more information and resources, you can visit www.spiritandtruth.life. We also want to let you know about the Spirit and Truth Conference happening March 9th through the 11th. Um, and this is this is happening really soon, so you'll want to go ahead and register if you haven't already. The conference is in Dayton, Ohio, and uh, we, we're going to be there, and we would love to see you. Um, go and register, and if you put podcast in the discount box, podcast in the discount box, you will get a discount on your registration. Uh, We look forward to seeing you. We want to hang out with you, get to know some of our listeners if you're at the Spirit and Truth Conference. Well, there's enough of that. Now I want to bring you back to our conversation um, from the TFOD, the Faith Once Delivered, about the image created and marred. It's, it's like what you said in the last episode where you were talking about the difference between yielding and what was the other thing? Striving. Striving. Um, when we, you know, we, we put a lot of, um, in our culture today, we put a lot of uh, value in striving. Mm-hmm. We don't really put that much value in yielding, yet in God's economy, in God's kingdom, it's about yielding. Yielding to him. Yeah, your kingdom come, your, your will be done. Come, your will be done. I mean, this. Yeah. I was. I, I preached. I preached a sermon on uh, Colossians one fifteen through twenty um, at my f- previous church, and I, I, I stole an image from uh, the the idea from uh, Rich Velotis. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, where at a conference we had been at at New Room, and um, I preached through this idea where um, you know in New York. At Thirty Rock, at Thirty Rockefeller, there's Atlas. They're holding the world on his um, on his shoulders. You know, here you are in the midst of financial, the financial kingdom of the world, basically. You know, Atlas holding on uh, the world on his shoulders. And in Greek mythology, Atlas is a ti- titan who that he's that's that's punishment. 
That's mm-hmm. his punishment is to bear the weight of the world upon his shoulders. And yet at 30 Rock, it's lifted up almost as a virtue. We hold the world upon our shoulders. And yet right across the street at St. Patrick's Cathedral, you have um, the Christ child in there holding the world in his hands. And there's a sense of, have we made a virtue, have we made a virtue, uh, have we taken punishment and made it a virtue instead of yielding ourselves to the one who holds the world into, in his hand, the Christ child himself? That's pretty solid. Yeah, I mean, good. you did good with that. You'll pass your preaching class with that one. <laughs> I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate yeah. that. I appreciate yeah. it. But we get it. We're, we live in this upside down world, a kingdom where yeah. uh, we put, we, we make virtuous those things that are that are vices and, and that are uh, We make our ourselves king. We make, we make ourselves, ourselves kings, yeah. And what are, what are our desires king and... Yeah, um, and, and I think it's, it is worth noting, especially in a Wesleyan discussion, that yielding requires intentionality. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I mean, it, I think it's the, what direction does your striving take you? Mm. Does my striving take me to be more open to the Spirit of God who will actually do big work, and I'm therefore not taking on responsibility that is not mine to take on and I can never mm-hmm. accomplish? Um, because a, a true yielding is going to require some some work, some deep work. Some and some practice. action. I mean, so it's not a, it's yeah, not a simple practice, passive. Yeah. Practice and pattern and response. You've got to dig the ditches if you want to capture the water yeah. when it rains. And so that's... that's okay, that, let's that's go why, now. <laughs> that's why Wesley is calling us not to, quote, stay in love with God. That's I'm going to call that flat-out heresy and stupidity, um, but to attend to the ordinances of God. Why should I continue to attend to the means of grace? Why should I continue to pray and read Scripture and be in community and receive sacrament and worship God regularly? Um, because I'm digging the ditches to capture the rain when it falls, mm. right? Um, so you do need to do that. So there well, is well, some stri- that Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. You could talk about—we'll we, go back to the Asbury Revival moment in a minute, because at this point it may be more than a, min- a moment— um, but you know that that's not happening without the constant digging of the ditch. Noah's building the ark, for example. He's not going to yeah. float without it for a long um, time. Yeah. But you, but you are, but to strive to be something that you could never be on your own without the power of God is fruitless and wasteful. Mm-hmm. But to give those impulses and energies to point yourself continually Godward and to raise your gaze up to the heavens and to create space, even little cracks in the foundations of your own life that the Spirit might seep through and fill. The, that's striving in a direction towards yielding. Yeah. So, so I just yeah. want to make sure that striving and yielding doesn't mean we sit back and do nothing. Right, 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 right. right. You just need to strive in the right direction. Um, God, God word at minimum, and you're going to fail, and it's going to be okay. Yep. But, is, he, but, but I mean, Thomas Merton, one more time, I'm going to interrupt. Yeah, is, Thomas Merton says, God, I don't know where I'm going, but I do believe that the desire to please you does, in fact, please you. So try, but just know that God's the one doing the work. There's my little sermon. Uh, Pete Gregg um, brings up uh, the Moravians a lot. Um, I like his, the Moravians. And they also, uh, by the way, have you had any of the Moravian ginger cookies around Christmas time? Yes. Yes. Oh jam! Yes. No wonder, no wonder. John, I said jam. By the way, for somebody <laughs> who was listening on two five two, jam. 
Okay. Uh, no wonder John Wesley oh, loved the Moravians. They were like, have this cookie. And then he was yeah. like, oh, wow, y'all are really faithful people. <laughs> this is a fruit of your faithfulness. This is talk about God's handiwork. Handiwork, right. But, uh, you know, the story goes about the Moravians is that um, in Heronhut, they they went and they traversed in prayer for multiple generations. Uh Continuously, day, continuously, minute after minute. minute, minute I think minute. it was, was it not a hundred years of continuous yeah, hundred, prayer? a hundred years. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, and the thing that they were praying for was a revival, awakening, safety, all this kind of stuff. But you have to believe they were thinking about that stuff within their own community. But what ends up happening is revival comes to England, you know, yeah. uh, through the Wesleys. And it's the Moravians who influenced John Wesley so much. And even a Wesley, a Moravian, uh, Peter Burler, Bowler Burler will say to Wesley when Wesley's really down on himself after returning from Georgia, he'll say basically, preach faith until you have faith. And when you have faith, preach faith. Mm-hmm. You know, this traversing, yeah. Yeah. this yielding, it, it requires us to do. Yes, absolutely. We don't just sit idly by. So as of the day we're recording this, our church here in Albany is uh, in the middle of what is now 72 hours of continual prayer. By the time this airs, I don't know, uh, maybe we'll be able to talk more about that. I don't know what will happen here, but I know that it's digging the ditch. Yes. I know, I know. I know that there's a sweet spirit in the air on the square footage of our church property right now because people Mm -hmm. are in that prayer room, even as we speak. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, like we mentioned with revival, I don't need to experience everything everyone else experiences, but I know that we're being faithful um, and that God will do a beautiful thing, even if it's a small invisible thing. God will do a beautiful thing. It would be mm-hmm. worth... Do you, so, so a whole congregation, do you believe it's worth a whole congregation praying for big, outward, powerful revival? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Would it be worth a whole congregation praying for the next step in holiness for one individual person? Absolutely. I am. Yeah. That's... What, if, that's, if that's all that happens, if all that happens is that people, know that, person. Can, if people yeah. know that they can pray for longer than they thought they could. Yeah. Right. And even if that's all that happens. Right. Yeah. But, but I just have this vision. And Pete Gregg has this vision. The 24-7 prayer yes. movement has this vision, too. I think we're way off topic now. That's okay. Um, it's all right. But looking at what people did for 100 years, and you think these people are probably crazy. Some of them probably were, but they did it. Mm-hmm. And then Pete Gregg has a 24-7 prayer movement in which people going all, over the world. all over the world have been praying mm-hmm. continuously. I have a dream here at the church that we would have a prayer room that is in 24-7 operation. Mm-hmm. Not That's just because good. I saw it and it sounds good, yeah. but because every time, every time I taste prayer, I hunger and thirst for more of it. And... Maybe it's a function of age or responsibility. Now I no longer just want it for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I want you to have that. And and what could happen? I know. I know that I could. I could hire all the graphic artists, get all the presentation equipment. I could craft my sermons with Chat GPT and get all of the best illustrations from the top folks. But nothing that I will ever do will impact the church as much as the people of God committing themselves to prayer. Right. Right. Because presentation is not a means of grace. Pyrotechnics are not a means of grace. No. Flashy Weird. communication or uh, images or advertising slogans, none of those are means of grace. Mm-hmm. And that's how, I mean, and the world, your culture, your world, your, can be literally changed for the, 
good for the goodness of the kingdom of God. Out of that, I, I was so back back to this. You've got the Moravians who pray for a hundred years. Who knows what comes out of that prayer life? I'm sure a lot of it was again praying for themselves. But then they come into contact with Wesley. Wesley connects with them. The Wesley Wesley has his heartwarming experience at a Moravian Bible study, by the way. He then the Wesleyan revival takes off, starts transforming England. You got things like Sunday school and reading and literacy and preaching and gospel and all of this stuff going on. But then you get people like John Newton, who's a slave trader, who becomes a, a, a preacher, a Methodist preacher, who starts influencing himself, a, yeah. a, a guy named William Wilberforce, who works in Parliament, and, and William Wilberforce will work to end the slave trade in England. Yes. And then yeah. you I mean, got Asbury, a, who, who, who answered the call from, from Wesley to go to America, and... Yeah was the only one that stayed over in the States during the civil war, uh, yeah. during the revolutionary war and, uh, and Methodism and Wesleyanism grew in the States. Right. Um, right. It's just, you know, like, like one life, right. I mean, you know, just, just one life. Um, right. But to take years it back, of praying. Yeah. To take this, this conversation back into the idea of paragraph 62, which is yeah, all, this is all we're going to get to today. Okay. Yeah. We're probably almost out of time, but God, God's art. So the spirit matures everything, living thing in accordance with its own design. Mm -hmm. God's artistry creation grows and blossoms into the harmony and symmetry found in the holiness of God. So we're participating in the holiness of God. We're unfolding. We're unfolding. The spirit is unfolding creation in the image of God. And we're taking that now into personal application. Right. And mm -hmm. I think about the old man and the old woman that I meet, I meet with people like this on a very regular basis who maybe they're at the point of death or maybe they almost died and, and they're still alive, but they're really sick and weak and they're awaiting death. And they say, what am I here for? What am I here for? And it is not trite to say, if you would please pray. Mm. I mean, there's a million things that, that people are here for, you know, mm -hmm. but I just want people to know that, um, the prayer, the the prayer of the weakest and most feeble person, is God, God continuing to unfold, and you're taking part in the holiness of God, and that God might do something beautiful to radiate His glory outward through that moment mm -hmm. that you're having privately in your weakness. Mm -hmm. If you just listen to how those things hundreds of years ago continued to impact, um, I believe I believe this. Now I'm way off the rails. Now I believe that a prayer once prayed is not dead; mm. that you don't pray it and it goes away. I have a sense that the Spirit of God continues to speak those prayers through mm. Jesus to the throne of the Father. Mm. Like, could I say, Lord, hear the prayers of hear the prayers that have been prayed for all of this for generations, Lord, enliven them and fill them and give them new life? And and I mean, there's just powerful stuff that that's going on that God is using and continues to use. Yeah, and way all, off the rails. I no, it's making, not. I actually. think I was speaking gibberish. I was speaking in tongues just then. No, 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 no. <laughs> All of this, no, you're not actually. We're going to bring it back home here. All of this ties into this idea that paragraph 63, and Alan, you can read this in a second, but that first okay. line as God's handiwork, creation is forged in and for love. I would do anything for love. Wow. Now you're off the rails. Now, now you're off the now, rails. Now, we were, we now, were good till now, then, buddy. We were now, good. <sighs> by the way, what is the thing he won't do? I don't know. Anyway, so um, right. let me read. But, but also, okay, go ahead. But, but I was saying it in and for love, right? So that's what we're talking about here. All this movement, the movement of the Spirit, revival's taking place, the, 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 the um, men and women 
diving deeper into holiness and righteousness and being like Christ. All of this is living in that in, in our intended created way. And so that's, I mean, that this yeah. is it right here. This yeah. is why creation matters. So go ahead, Alan. Yeah, so, uh, no, I got a, I got a way to tie this all together. It's going to be good. All right, we got it. it. All right, 63. As God's handiwork, creation is forged in and for love. He fills creation with divine purpose and uh, a promise and purpose. There's a deep relational structure to the universe that expresses divine communion and fellowship. The order and the arrangement of creation in Genesis 1 reveals how everything has its own place in God's grand symphony. From the sun and planets to the smallest forms of life, all is formed and knitted together so that the psalmist so so that the psalmist declares, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Through this mutuality and interdependence, the heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims his handiwork. God has designed all things for relationship with himself and with one another. And the one of the ways that we are in relationship with the Father is through prayer, right? And through that, mm-hmm. through that communication uh, of, of of speaking, but but also listening to the voice of God. Um, man, that's a power. Ooh, man, everything's mm-hmm. forged in and for love. We are mutual. We are all mut- interdependent upon each other and on God. Mm-hmm. Um, we are fearfully and wonderfully made. We were designed uh, for relationship with Him and with others. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is good stuff, y'all. This is, cre- unfortunately, the idea of creation within the church, particularly I would imagine the church in America recently, has been a discussion about, you know, how many days did it take? It's and become political. It's become suppose. political. It's become political. It's been a way to dive into different camps of whatever. Yes, yeah, right. Um, Ridiculous. But that's not... <laughs> the biblical teaching that's not the christian classic christian teaching on this it's it's about realizing realizing our place in the created yeah. order who we are that we are fearfully and wonderfully made that when god created us he said not only was it good like he did with the rest of creation but he said it's very good <laughs> and yes we fall into sin and we have to deal with that and redeem but the way we deal with that is by yielding to the love and grace and mercy of God who sent his son Jesus to redeem, to bring us back, to set us back into our intended spot, if you will, in our intended place in his family. Yeah. I, I, yeah. It's beautiful. These, these paragraphs right here are beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we could definitely like uh, just chew on them for yeah. a long time. want to pick up. I think because I always say this too, like as we were intended, God's not all. God's not trying to bring us backward, but the redemptive fulfillment of who we are, where creation started in a garden and then ends in a city garden. Mm-hmm. I think there's something beautiful about that too. Like we're not just going backwards to the mm-hmm. garden; we're actually moving forward. Um, the thing that was broken and redeemed. I wonder. I wonder. Could it be richer? than even what was intended or even that what what began not as intended but what began in the city garden right. of Re- revelation with the throne of god and the the heaven meeting earth could that even be richer than the garden of genesis 1 mm. that's a random thought mm-hmm. i'm full of these so last episode i was i was feisty and mad today i'm waxing uh <laughs> philosophical with no sense of coherence so praise god <laughs> amen um, hey 
<laughs> this has been beautiful. I'm going to yeah. wrap us up now because if we don't, I'm going to go on a Shakespearean soliloquy for no reason with no content. Wow. But I do want to, before we go, um, this episode is going to come just with an, out in enough time, I believe, for you to register to join us for the Spirit and Truth Conference in Dayton, Ohio, on March 9th through 11th of 2023. Mm-hmm. I want you to be there. We don't. You guys want to see all of our podcast? Oh, humans, definitely. Yes, absolutely. I do yes. too. So, so this is yeah. this is what like the third or fourth year uh, of this conference. It'll be our second year. It'll be our second year going, yeah. and it is. It's not. It, it's not going to. It's not flashy. It's not trying to bring in the nope. biggest names and capitalize. There's no. The only desire here is to help people to uh, experience the spirit and grow in truth. That we might be uh, what fully formed, uh, sent out in mission, uh, yeah. and and emboldened by the spirit of God. Great group of people. March 9th yes. through eleventh. Register at spiritandtruth.life. Stillwater Church in Dayton, Ohio. It is not an expensive conference. Mm-hmm. If you come, let us know you're coming. We would love yeah. to connect with you. At Podakesis or questions at podakesis.com is where you can hey, let us know. Can they get a discount because they yeah, listen podcast. to us? Yeah, if you uh, if you go to the disc as you're registering, you go to the discount box and put in podcast podcast. Yeah. So. If you put in Jim Morrow, nothing will happen. <laughs> they'll char- they'll actually charge you more. <laughs> they'll yeah, just exactly. charge you, you more. Extra. You get charged <laughs> extra. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, Potacumans, it's been great being with you as we have uh, gone through these paragraphs on creation. Uh, we hope that you uh, that you just know, or it's our hope that you know, that you are loved by a God who um, created you, who uh, breathed the life into you, who has not forgotten you, um, who has not left you to be alone, um, but who is with you as very close as um, the very breath you breathe. Um, It is our prayer that you would yield your life to him and that he would make you into the person you were created to be. Um, If you would like to know more about following Jesus, um, how to grow closer uh, to this God who loves you, um, let us know at Potakesis or questions at Potakesis.com. We'd love to pray for you. Um, But until next time, we love you. We thank you for joining us, and we'll talk to you later. Have a good one. What a great episode, y'all. We serve a great God, a great God who has created us and loves us and has not forgotten us or forsaken us. And that's just awesome. Uh, We will have all the links that have been mentioned in this episode pertaining to the John Wesley Institute, uh, the Faith Once Delivered, and anything else which we have mentioned um, um, on our show notes. So be sure to go and check out our show notes if you want to know of these wonderful resources that are for you. Uh, Hit us up on social media. At Podakesis is where you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook. You can also check us out um, on podakesis.podbean.com and you can also email us questions at podakesis.com and as always leave us a voicemail 404-635-6679 leave us a five-star rating and a review on apple itunes that helps us greatly on apple and gets the word out helps get the word out for us tell your friends tell your families about the podakesis podcast and until next time we look forward to being with you again y'all have a great one and god bless Thank you.